project for our work day is going to be getting started on cleaning out the gymnasium. And um, we do need tray work. So if anybody has a um, tray work and you'd be able to bring with you or to use to take things to the um, dump, um, we could definitely um, use that. So again, that's this Saturday. Also, there is um, Kathleen has been um, just started making um, a little bit of some of our announcements on any print form for those that just like to make a printed copy um, with them to kind of remember what's going on. Because we the slides all But um, there are some announcements on there. Um, there's also some things on the back that shows ways you can get involved um, in serving into church here. And then there's also just some quick small notes for, um, from the message or about the message you can take um, regarding um, the sermon and things like that. And so we're getting set up. Um, has anyone had any questions about what we've been teaching on as far as about Calvinism, Arminianism, what the Bible teaches? Um, instead of anybody have any questions? All right, guys. Today's going to be the last one um, for that. And um, last week we did a um, talk about irresistible grace. And um, this week is going to be more about what's wrong with Arminianism. And so that's on the other end of the spectrum um, where Calvinism focuses on unconditional election, the irresistible. Praise, um, total ability, and such. Um, Arminianism is, I believe, a very dangerous doctrine um, where it kind of gets to a point where it even becomes another gospel. And so we're on letter B. So uh, when we're talking about Calvinism, it's the tulip, the tulip flower, total depravity, um, which we talk about how he is, are we totally depraved in our sin? Um, do we have a sinful nature? Absolutely. Except the only thing that I kind of urge differently from Calvinism on that is total inability. Um, I don't believe we're in, unable to respond to the gospel. I believe God does have a spiritual work on us, and then God gives us the choice to respond or to reject, and then you is um, unconditional election, uh, um, where the covenant's view is that God has preordained who he wants to save and who he does not want to save, and uh, we come up from scriptures where it says we're called elect according to his foreknowledge, so that is God knows who's going to be a believer. But when you, the day you got saved, it wasn't like God was like, whoa, I was just, I was hopeful, I just didn't know. Um, nothing occurs to God. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? Um, you know, like God is all-knowing, and then we talk about limited atonement, and about the many scriptures actually talk about how Jesus died for every man, he died for all, um, 
name. So, so we talk about that in there, resistible grace, and about whether man is able to resist the grace of God or not. And so now we're on the perseverance of the saints, um, also called eternal security. Um, um, and the other question is the Arminianism view is that we can fall from grace, that we could lose our salvation. And so just a little bit, we find the terms. Um, perseverance of the saints um, is the typical Calvinistic view. Once saved, always saved, eternal security. And this, again, this is a view I would agree with on um, this point. Um, I don't personally prefer the term perseverance of the saints. I prefer um, the perseverance of the Savior that were preserved by Christ Jesus, that we're not trying to persevere to the end to have salvation, um, but most Calvinists would not define it really as we're trying to persevere to the end. Um, they more would define it as true believers do persevere um, to the end. Um, they're not basing it upon their works or anything like that. They're just saying we do persevere because we are in Christ. Um, the Arminian view is that we can fall from grace. That could be a point that you know what, where you fall into sin, um, or we just get a point where we don't believe anymore, and so to say that we fall from grace, that one can lose their salvation if they fall into great sin, or don't stay faithful um, to the Lord to the end. And you'll quote verses where it talks about, he that endured to the end shall be saved. Um, not really talking about the contents of that. It's talking about in the tribulation period that those that endure through the end of that, um, that if they make it out there and then when Jesus um, returns, it's not talking about us being saved by our works or enduring to the end. And so it's just kind of give a little bit of clarifications from different scriptures is that we are not saved by our works. Bible is very clear, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so salvation is not based on our works. None of us are going to be able to boast to God um, or boast to anybody that, yes, I made it to heaven because I was faithful. I, would, I stayed strong. Um, I finished my race, um, and I made it. Our salvation is not based on our works, not even a tiny bit, not even a little bit, okay? Um, if the law could save us, it would. Um, the Bible shows us regulations. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that a promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And so if the law could save us, if there was a commandment that could save us, Jesus even kind of tried to point this out to people where um, he would, um, people would say, all oh, these commandments I've kept from my youth. And, um, and then they would say, so I need eternal life. And then Jesus would say, one thing thou lackest. And he, just, he would always point out, Here's the sin in your heart. 
And it instead of repenting and coming to him by faith and realizing the law couldn't save them because they are guilty of breaking the law, which James says if we break one point of the law, it's just we're guilty of it all. Not that we've committed every single crime against God, but that we broke the law, period. And so if the law could save us, the law would save us, but it couldn't. And that's where the Bible talks about how the law came by Moses, but grace and truth and mercy came by Jesus Christ. Christ's death would be in vain if the law could save. By if keeping the Ten Commandments could earn us our salvation, or the 613 commandments mentioned all throughout the Old Testament, why did Jesus die? What would be the purpose if we could just get saved by keeping the law? That's where the Bible says, Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. I mean, you know what? If you think you're justified by keeping the law, Christ is meaningless to you. And we'll get to the rest of that verse later on. We are, we are also not kept saved by our works. And so this is where some people, Armenian Christians, um, Arminians, um, what, what kind of churches would hold to Arminian views um, would be churches like the Methodist Church, the uh, Church of Christ, um, Charismatic Churches, Pentecostal Churches, um, the Assembly of God, Assembly of God Church down the road. That would be an um, Arminian view of the gospel. Same with the Bethel Church down on the freeway. Um, where they would say that, you know, okay, we're saved by grace through faith, but you need to endure to the end. You need to stay faithful. You need to make sure you don't backslide in order to be um, saved and or in order to stay saved. But, you know, the Bible says also we aren't kept saved by our works either. Um, Paul would told him in Galatia, that's what he's dealing with. He's dealing with the false teachers in Galatia that were um, Judaizing people that would tell him, you know what, yes, you have Jesus, but you need to add this and this and this to make sure you're saved. And, and no, the gospel is Jesus plus nothing. It's all about Jesus, all by God's grace and simply through faith. Here Paul tells him, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now the law can say, Jesus died in vain. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified upon you. This only would I learn of you. Receive me the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So he's like, hey, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? Was it by faith or was it by the works of the law? And then it's a rhetorical question. The answer is, they got saved. They received the Spirit of God through faith. And he goes, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? See, you know, you know, our sanctification, our, our, um, our salvation, I mean, our salvation is not made complete by the flesh. It's not by our works. It's all in what Jesus has done for us. It's not dependent on whether we get baptized. 
It's not dependent on and it's dependent possible or just simply God would sometimes change that. Um, when you speak in tongues, then we know you're saved. But it's not what the Bible teaches at all. Another passage of scripture, 1 Peter, says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That we're kept preserved by the power of God. It's not in our own power. It's in the power of God. He's the one that keeps us um, secure. Man, I forgot to put a very obvious scripture in here um, on eternal security. That um, Jesus said, "Ye are in my Father's hand, and that um, ye are in my hand. And, that, and then as the Bible talks about, like you have in here, that we're sealed with the Holy Ghost. And um, the Bible says, no man shall pluck you out. And we're secure. And some people will say, well, you can jump out yourself. No. No, nowhere does the Bible say you could jump out of God's name. God said, no one can take you out, and that would include um, yourself. The deeds of the law are not required for salvation. Romans says, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him that much believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. You know, the deeds of the law have nothing part of salvation. There's other churches that also, I, I missed several of them, that teach that the deeds of the law are also part of salvation. Anyone have any guesses of others that would teach that? Um, you gotta stay faithful to certain works that earn yourself salvation. Anybody? Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah, Jehovah Witnesses. They, they, they're always talking about we just stay faithful. Uh, we just gotta keep at it, and then maybe we'll make it. And they don't even believe most of them are going to heaven. Um, they say they're gonna be on the new earth and not go to heaven. That it used to be. The KD boy pay $144,000 were going to heaven, and that would be all Jehovah's Witnesses. But once Jehovah's Witnesses got past that number in membership, they're like, okay, we got to adjust things because either some of us aren't going to heaven or what's going to go on. So then they said, okay, the $144,000 are select chosen ones, the rest go on the newer. Um, anybody else? Any other proof? Or Mormonism? Yeah, Mormonism, again, um, how do they say They say, yes, we're saved by grace through faith after all that we have done. So that we put our effort in, everything we can do, and then where maybe it comes a little bit short, then God's grace comes in. Um, any others? Catholic. Catholic, Roman Catholic. Um, they would talk about the seven sacraments. You know what, following those sacraments to be part of their salvation when they have their communion. Um, they believe they're eating the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. Um, that um, the priest has the power to transfigure it. 
Um, and that's actually where the term hocus pocus actually originated from, from the priest um, turning it into the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And so they say you're receiving salvation as you're eating and drinking that, as well as keeping the um, other seven um, sacraments, or the other six, that being one of the seven. Um, another? Um, seven day Adventists, they would be another one, my hands through Seven day Adventists, and um, they're talking about a lot, and you know it about how you know that God keep the Sabbath day on Saturday to earn our way to salvation, to, to stay saved. And that if we don't, then that we're in danger of losing our salvation unless we repent and get that from. And there's such a hyper focus on that one coming. Uh, so, what about the other nine? Are those ones just ignored and it's just a focus on, on the one? Which the Bible talks about was an ordinance um, forever between God and Israel. Now, we do see that Sabbath was created before um, um, Israel is a nation and stuff. So, God did in principle have us to work six days and to rest on the seventh. But as the New Testament says, um, that we don't, we're not to judge based on people keeping or observing the Sabbath day or not, that um, those were a foreshadow of things to come, pointing us to Jesus is our rest, that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, and that um, uh, man wasn't created for the Sabbath as far as in the ritualistic, but that the Sabbath was created for But, um, yeah, they'll depend on their faithfulness for salvation. But the Bible says, without the deeds of the law, no commandment could give life. If it could, as we read, it would, and we wouldn't need Jesus. But because we all are sinners, trying to keep the law now, won't earn our salvation. We already broke it. It'd be too late. And that's where salvation is by grace through faith alone. In other words, you know, you can't really get clearer than this, can you? But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justify the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So you can't be clear, right? You just keep reading the passage. It does continue to point itself. Abraham was justified by faith. Um, Jane, um, um, that um, David was justified by faith, not by works. It's not by anyone that works not. Think about the thief on the cross who Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He was never baptized and he never did a good work after salvation. But his faith, God counted for righteousness. <clears throat> and so let's look at some scriptures that are clear about um, eternal security. Um, the Bible tells us we can know that we are saved. Um, 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. This is not a hope so salvation that I hope I make it to the end. I hope I get to the other side, and God says, you did good, make it in here. No, it's not a hope, it's not a maybe, it's not a mind, it's that we may know that we have eternal life. And just the fact that it's called eternal. 
Eternal life that is not eternally guaranteed is not eternal. It would be like, hey, you've got potential eternal life and then it went away. And so then you would have never actually received eternal life. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave me, because I did not have okay, my Father which gave to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now we are secure in Christ and the Father. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That we should be to the praise of his glory, if you first trusted in Christ, and whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. As you know, the Bible talks about um, we're born again by incorruptible seed, being born again of the word of God. And so um, that's why the word of God is important in um, convincing people of the gospel. Now the world would say, oh, you can't explain it to me with that Bible. Well, it's the Bible that's going to bring that conviction with work with the Holy Spirit to bring people to salvation. Sure, you can show them all the different scientific evidence as well, but if they don't believe the Word of God, they're not going to come to it. But it, how do they get to the place of believing it? Sure, the Word of God. You know, it's showing the prophecies that were fulfilled literally uh, in the Word of God. And, um, and so, gospel of your salvation. Um, and it says, if you also, after that you believe, he were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So we were talking about earlier um, uh, about the Calvinist view would be that you're born again in order to have faith, that the Spirit of God regenerates you so you could have faith. I was talking about how I don't believe that. I believe it's when we have faith, we're regenerated by the Spirit of God. And here's a verse that I believe on as well. It says, after that you believe, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't that the Spirit of God sealed you so you could be born again. It was when you believe, the Spirit of God then brings you to a new birth. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. And who also after you believe, you were sealed. Oh, I've done that two times. Ephesians 4.30 And drink not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And we're kept secure by the Holy Spirit of God. Satan's not going to be able to unbind that. We're sealed by God's Spirit when we've come to faith in Christ. Christ will lose none. This is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again in the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who is see of the Son and believe upon him may have everlasting life. And so salvation is offered to everyone, but everyone that believes shall have everlasting life. But we see that it says that he should lose nothing. Okay? Those that have you through the Son that came to faith in Christ, he's not going to lose any of them. We see the Bible says we're preserved in Christ. Through the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ and call. Preserved in Christ. <clears throat> Nothing to do with our works. 
Philippians 1.6. Just being confident in this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now you got saved, God is going to continue to do a work in you. No, when we're saved, you know, um, who's God for you? And we're talking about that. He has then predestinated us to be conformed to the image of Christ. That God is going to continue that work in our heart, in our life. Shall not be brought out. You know, why says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So here, the Bible is very clear, okay? Those that are clothed in white raiment, some of them revelation that, you know, the redeemed, the saved, that he will not blot us out of the Lamb's book of life. And some will say, well, that alludes and lies that some are blotted out. Well, it's not what it says. It says, it shall not blot now, there is a part in the end of Revelation where it talks about if we remove from the prophecies of this book, they'll take our part out of the book of life. Um, but it's not really, it's not taking someone's name out, it's their part. That, you know what that, um, I believe that it's like there's space for everybody in the book of life, but their part's taken out if they don't receive Christ and they mess with um, God's word as far as removing those prophecies. That, but it's not that they were saved and written and taken out, but rather that they will have a part in the book of life. And so some will say, well, this is the only promise to he that overcome. This is to Christian that they stay faithful all the way to the end and they overcome. And this is who he won't take it out. But all the others that don't overcome, he may take out. Okay. Anyone know who God used to write the book of Revelation? John. Okay. It's possible that John may have written more info about overcoming. Yes, there is. You know, we see in 1 John, same offer. Okay. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So you see, this overcoming is not about, let's just keep working hard, let's make it to the end, quit sinning, stop sinning, so you make it. Not at all. Now, should we quit sinning? Absolutely. I'm not saying go and sin. Okay, that's not what the Bible teaches, and we'll get to that. But we're not saved. By overcoming in this sense of trying to live right in order to get salvation. It says very clearly that those that are born of God, those that are the children of God, they've overcome the world. And how? It's from faith, not of works. Believers are predestinated to sanctification. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Those God foreknew, God knew he would believe, he knew he would be saved, and were elected according to his foreknowledge. But those who he knew would get saved, God then does predestinate them to be conformed to the image of his Son. 
that they would be sanctified, that they would continue to grow in Christ. Now that does not mean that someone does not ever backslide or fall into sin. You know, Jesus talks about um, the parable of like the 100 sheep and 99 are kept safe over here and one gets lost. Um, and that how um, you doesn't go after that one to find them. It's not that they lost their salvation. They just lost that fellowship. They weren't part of the flock, part of the earth right there. They were separated. They were still part of the Lord's sheep. They still lost the salvation, but they continue, Jesus continues to work on their hearts. As, as we see with Jonah. You know, Jonah ran from God, but God didn't just go, okay, fine. God continued to work on the life of Jonah. To continue that work in him that he had begun. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, and whom he justified, then he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You know, another passage uh, talks about, you know, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Um, we see that um, believers are called, just the fact that they're called children of God. First John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called uh, uh, the sons of God. You know, a child does not lose his relationship with, with his father when he does something wrong. He may be chastened, may be disciplined, but he does not lose that relationship status. He ends up wandering off. Jesus gave the other parable of the two brothers and one just wasted his substance and uh, on harvest and on fill, and his father was out there on the porch just waiting for him to come back home. He never quit being a son of the father. Now, he didn't feel worthy to be a son. He's like, just please let me be as one of your servants. Realizing that, you know, one of his servants, one of his slaves, was treated better than he was being treated when living to self-pleasure in the world. And so when Israel called sons of God, another passage talks about sons and daughters of God. When you're a child of God, you don't then later become a child of the devil. Okay, once you're a child of God, you're always a child of God. And does God chasten his children? Yes. For whom the Lord love him, he chasten them. And scourge of every son whom we receive him. That we endure chastening, God do it with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? That is, you know what? God will allow us sometimes, you know what, to wander. And hardship will end up coming our way. God, but God continues to work on his children. This once save, always save, mean a license to sin. All direct cancer said. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Paul is saying, hey, just go live in sin because you're saved anyways. It doesn't matter. Now, someone that has that attitude kind of reveals that there's a likelihood maybe they're not saved. Now, they might be saved. Again, it's not by keeping the law, but it's by grace for faith. But it can indicate it because you know Jesus did say you'll know them by their fruit. 
he that saved me abideth in him, of himself also so to walk, given as he walked. And we should walk, if we claim to be believers in Christ, we should walk as Jesus walked. You know, another verse says, He that nameth the name of Christ, let him depart from iniquity. You know, if we did or did the sin, how can we live any longer therein? We've been saved from it. Why would we want to live in it? Now, some even looked upon. They look like they were saved, and they maybe even were part of our church. They could be from our church, and they go live in sin, and it could be that some of them maybe weren't saved in the first place. Now, they could be. They could be someone God's going to be chasing in there um, in, in, in his own way. But it's also in any church, it could be that you know what you like one or like found out that they were committing this reason, or maybe they were committing this reason even while they were going to church, and it just was hidden for so long. Some won't depart, but they weren't saved. John says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Paul deals with that as well, where he talks about there were false teachers that came from among us, from our church. Not from ours specifically, but like back then, he's like, they came from our church, and they're teaching a workspace salvation um, of trying to keep the law of Moses to earn their way of salvation, keeping the Sabbath day for salvation, um, um, being circumcised to get saved, and all these kind of things. And Paul says, no, they came from out of some of these churches, but they're false teachers. And he even names them by name. And so don't think that, you know, a preacher is naming someone by name, that he's just being judging. You know what Jesus did say, you know what? Beware of false prophets. And we see, he says again, you know them by their fruit. You know them by their teaching. You know them by even their lifestyle. That someone used the name of Jesus to make merchandise of people. Some misunderstood passages um, that Armenians would use to say you can lose your salvation. James is a big one. They go to giving so faith, if it have not words, it's dead, being alone. Thou believest that there is one God, thou believest well, the devil is also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And just we'll go here, go, well, if there's no works, then they're dead. It's not a real uh, faith, is what they will say. But as we read in Paul, what Paul said is, but to think that work of not, but believing, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, Martin Luther, founder of the Lutheran Church, he actually excluded James from being considered part of the canon of Scripture. That is, you know what? James contradicts Paul, so this is not part of the Bible. I don't know if Lutherans today still hold to that or not. I haven't heard, but Martin Luther himself didn't, he didn't believe James was inspired Scripture because he said, said this was a contradiction to Paul, but it's not a contradiction. You know, as we look, the context, you know, James is focused on, he goes, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. 
Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Talk about more of a conclusion that you know what? God sees the heart. God sees that we're saved by grace through faith. But if we never do any good works, if we never live out that faith, everyone else does not see that. And he goes, okay, show people your faith without your works. You know, you could just keep telling people, oh, I have faith. But people can't see it. Mankind sees the difference this made in your life. Mankind sees, like, maybe that someone that is struggling um, is a drunkard, just really um, causing great damage to their family. And then they find out that they put their faith in Christ, they're going to church, and then they're completely transformed. And um, for some, they end up not struggling with it at all. Some, they might still have that battle as a temptation, but some, man, when they get saved, it's like, it's done. They're a new creature in Christ. And so mankind sees that. Man sees the works. The works do not equal salvation. Okay, let's look at it this way. Faith, this Arminian view, faith plus works equals salvation. And so they will get faith, and works in particular is the root that is necessary for salvation. That if you have faith and works, that you um, um, are saved. Okay, I found this on the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, what the Bible actually teaches, faith equals salvation, and then we can add on to it. It's, it's the fruit. Works are not the root of salvation. Works are part of the fruit of salvation. Because I'm saying my life is different than what it was before. But the difference isn't what made me saved. That's just the transforming work of the Spirit of God, of, of Jesus Christ, working in and through me and transforming me. And so faith equals salvation, and then we add on the words. Now, faith can equal salvation even without words, but um, generally speaking, it's going to produce that fruit. You know, you may know someone is saved because of their fruit, but their fruit is not the reason they are saved. Now, some have works, some are religious. Some claim the name of Jesus Christ, but don't have saving faith. Matthew 7, 21. Starts out saying, not just Jesus speaking, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Again, somebody the Armenian view is, see, you gotta do the will of the Father. You gotta do the commandments and say. You know what did Jesus say the will of the Father was? That he believe on him whom he have sent. That's the will of the Father. That's the will of God. But they don't do that. There says many. It says many. This is just a few. He's saying many. And it's fearful, it's frightening. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. 
and in thy name done many wonderful works. You know, let's focus on the works. Prophesying in his name, casting out devils, doing miracles. You know, there's a lot of things that the Pentecostal church focuses on, and many of the assembly of God. We're focused on the casting out of devils, of giving a prophecy, and I'm not saying that means all of them are saved. I'm not saying that at all, because many of them are saved. They put their faith in Christ, and then it's just later they get indoctrinated with the teaching that um, you have to endure to the end to get saved. Now, you don't lose your salvation because your theology ends up going wrong later on after you get saved. You're still saved. But it's possible for saved people to end up then having bad theology. But this does characterize them that they're always prophesying. They're trying to lay a prophecy on people and saying, I prophesy this is going to happen in your life. Um, they're also about casting out devils in and doing many wonderful works. And then Jesus says this, and then who I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work in what fearful words that would be to hear in church today. As you thought you were doing all these great works. So we'll say about this, these people that lost their salvation. No, it says, I never knew you. I never knew you. This wasn't you were saved and then you lost them. So I never knew you. They were believing a false gospel. So Arminianism is very dangerous in that regards in that it teaches a false gospel and you really believe and practice it um, is they believe it. And that's why, you know, we don't typically, you know, like you wouldn't accept why you and your baptism is being valid because the church itself is the church that teaches another gospel. Now again, baptism is not part of salvation. But it's something that um, baptism is an ordinance God's given to, Jesus is given to the church that teaches and preaches the true gospel. Not a church that's preaching a false gospel of salvation by works. Salvation is not by our works. That's another gospel. And that's where Paul over and over says that he's concerned that they're so easily removed from the simplicity of Christ and would start believing in another gospel. And he tells the Corinthians that, you know, if a false teacher comes in, I have no confidence you would um, get them out. You're just going to bear with them. You're going to tolerate them. no. You know, mark them which cause divisions and are teaching doctrines not according to the word of God, but are teaching man's doctrines. It's a different gospel. Now, Calvinism is, I'm, I'm not a Calvinist at all, and I, I believe, I do believe in the perseverance of the saints, eternal security, but typically, Calvinists would still preach the gospel. I don't believe how they say it works behind the scenes. Okay. Um, as far as how the mystery works, but usually as they preach it, they're preaching the gospel. Salvation is by grace, salvation is through faith, um, and all that. And some great um, Calvinist preachers, you know, Modi Bachtum, um, Albert Moeller, um, John MacArthur, those would be all people um, that would be Calvinists. I disagree with the Calvinism, but they do preach the gospel. 
with Arminianism, you have the nature of it being a complete, total, different gospel of works-based salvation. Now, what about the verses that says, or the verse that says, falling from grace? Um, come recent ministries, the Arminian ministry says this. I would suggest to you that the Bible does not teach eternal salvation, although it sure would be nice if it did. The Bible warns Christians that they can fall from grace. So that's the attitude of the Arminian, is that we could fall from grace. We were saved by grace, but we could fall from that grace and no longer be saved. And that could be due to great sin in our life. It could be due to us walking away from the church. And some churches will use that. Though you try to manipulate people, if you leave our church, then you are an apostate and you've lost your salvation. It's not a truth. Now, I remember having someone visit here. They went to a Bible missionary church. Um, the Bible Missionary Church in Winlock. And that's the Arminian church to its core. That they're trying to depend on um, their sanctification for salvation. That they're trying to keep on doing that. And he was afraid he was in danger of hellfire because he stopped visiting our church. So he came to a Baptist church, going through a divorce and everything, and, and then. It's like, man, I'm just afraid, I'm, I'm terrified, I'm going to lose my salvation because I, I'm an apostate leaving that church. And really, they didn't want to go in there while they, they were going through a divorce. It's not true. You know, if you get up here and you're like me and Pastor, I don't like this, but I'm gone, I don't want to come here again, I'm not going to say, hey, you lost your salvation. I can't do that, for one, no preacher has the power to do that. But it's just sad how many preachers will try to manipulate a flock that way. That you need to keep coming. That you need to give to keep your salvation. Our salvation is not dependent on any of that. And some people will abuse the passage we read where the Bible says, um, if they continue not with us, it's because they were not of us. And they'll think of that as someone going to another church. That means they were never of us. That's not what that passage is talking about. John is talking about specifically people that were leaving the gospel and the teaching of false gospel. He's not talking about someone transferring from one church and going to another church. Anyway, so let's look at this passage. Um, there's one in particular we can look at that uses the words fall from grace. Galatians 5.4 Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. So we just saw the Armenian view use this verse to teach you could lose your salvation because you could fall from grace. And if you don't keep the good words, you don't stay faithful, you could fall from grace. That's not what it's saying. It's saying we fall from grace if we're trying to get saved by works. If we're trying to keep the law to earn our salvation, we're falling from grace. We're falling short of God's grace. I didn't get that. <laughs> the grace of God, at least why it says, appear unto all men. But we fall short of the grace of God. Christ is of no effect to us if we're depending on our own work. We're trying to earn our own salvation. We're frustrating the grace of God. We're falling from grace. 
Okay, that's not losing salvation. That's someone not getting saved because they never experienced and took the grace of God. They never believed. They're trying to internet from their works. And again, Jesus plus works to equal salvation is another gospel. It's a false gospel. Salvation is not Jesus plus this and this and this. It's Jesus, faith, alone. That's it. Now again, yes, faith, salvation, it ends up producing works. In most cases, again, with the people on the cross, he had no other good work to perform. He died on the cross right there with Jesus. But to him, the work of not, but believeth to him, his faith is counted for righteousness. And so context says the opposite of what people use this verse to say. And they're talking about falling from grace. It's not talking about you losing your salvation. It's talking about people that aren't getting saved because they're trying in their own way. Kind of like, you know, Jesus said, talks about how the thief and the robber, they try to go in the back door into heaven. There's not going to be any back door. There's only going to be Jesus Christ. And that's the only way we can be saved. Let's go ahead and have a time of invitation and we get some music playing in the background. You know, I can't see the heart of every individual. I see, I can see your words. I can see how God's um, transformed your mind. But as we've seen also, there's many that they have the works, but they don't even have the faith. And Jesus said, uh, there's not many saying, depart from me, works of iniquity, I never knew thee. There might be some of you here that you've never truly placed your faith in Christ. Heads bowed, eyes closed. That's you. And you don't know for sure that heaven would be your home. And you don't know for sure that you're saved. And you'd like to make today be the case. Go ahead and signify by raising your hand. Nobody else looking around. If you're not saved and you want to make today be the day, say, just look your hand. I don't see any hands. And so. This you day, know that you know the Lord. Now you may believe them. I encourage you, you know, to talk with me after church, schedule appointment this week. But you know, the Bible says, Behold, today is the day of salvation. We don't know what's going to go on tomorrow. Now, if you're all believers, already Christians, I encourage you to have a faith that does show itself through words your involvement in the lives of others. Jesus said, people will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. That's how people will know. They see that. They see that the, the love that the church has for other people. Praise you, Lord. It's God's